You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. How we doing? Welcome, my Zinger Nation. I am with you. Yes, Spencer Israel is out again. Too busy partying in Nashville, but the man deserves a break. So let's go ahead. Let's get this party started. Let's get the morning started. Let's bring in the biggest and best in the morning, Dennis Dick and Joel Conn. What's going on, guys? Ah, good morning, good morning, Mitch. Uh, just another manic Monday here. Uh, S and P's a uh, little bit of sell off off that uh, six p.m. open. Caught a bid just under Friday's low. We're in the green, nineteen and a half handles, forty one seventy four. Uh, let's see. Last week's high is up in this area a little bit, and uh, trading range or. Are we busting to new highs at 42.38 and a quarter? Uh, crude, two inside days there, or two days matching range, got through 64, up a buck at 64.58. Uh, gold, trying to get through 1900, just can't, up 460 at 1881.30. Silver, that's up 30 cents at 27.79. That's trying to get into the 28 handle. What a wild ride for Bitcoin. Up and down and all around. Uh, I believe we got down around 31K uh, yesterday. Now we're up 1500 bucks at 37590 And you Ethereum traders... That's up six bucks only at twenty three seventy six fifty. That's not really the story there, though, because it's up more crashed. than six bucks. Because it all crypto. <laughs> if you're just crashed. coming in, you're like, oh, crypto crashed over the weekend. It came all the way back. How low did Ethereum get? 
And and we know your trade station charts acted up a little bit, but I'm hoping they have yesterday's lows because or the overnight lows. They don't. Because they, they don't. don't. It doesn't nope. show the overnight lows either. Nope. I got you. Nope. It's uh, 2062. Uh, they're showing is the low. Is and it because that... the futures don't trade on the weekend? Is that what it Correct. is? Ethereum futures don't trade on the weekend. Yep. That makes it tough. So I guess we got to find the actual Ethereum prices because that's yes. what our issue was before is that the futures aren't trading. And obviously Ethereum, I think I saw as low as 1700 Is that right, 1739 at 12.44 yesterday. So at lunchtime Eastern yesterday. Time. Lunchtime yesterday yeah. was, the, was the low. And how low did mm-hmm. Bitcoin get? 31 something i did look that up so this is a huge (laughs) comeback here and if we would have stayed down i was texting with a few friends there over the weekend and i even texted with you joe i was like if crypto you know stays down 15 percent here like bitcoin was down you know 12 13 percent ethereum stays down 20 percent again we're going to go down the equity markets we open lower but the equity markets are linked to crypto right now crypto started rallying the equity markets follow suit so, I mean, it's try to say, and, and a lot of people saying, you know, crypto is its own thing. It's not hasn't been that way for the last year, really. We've seen strong, well, at least you know, in the last few weeks anyways, we've seen crypto leading the market to a certain extent. And it's because it's risk. You know, it's, it's a parameter for risk assets right now. And crypto getting hit and then coming all the way back is why you're seeing this market. The futures open lower and then rallied up because crypto came back. Nice rally for Bitcoin. Yes, I still have my Ethereum. I've kind of been everywhere with this thing now. I bought around 2300 on the original dip and quickly went to almost 3000 where I was up over 20%. And like I said, two hours, didn't sell any. Came all the way back down. Now we've, we've hit a new low. So I don't know what to say. I should just stop looking at it. But this crypto I like man, a setup. moving around. I- I like a setup where, you know, something has a, a, a move like it did, then it has consolidation, and then it breaks, right? And you get you get the low of the move right around 30500 Uh Just a couple great levels here. This is basis of futures. I don't know what the premium is via the, uh, the cash. But, I mean, you got two highs in the futures market. Uh, let's call it 42400 I mean, that is a great level so if it could get through there why not take half half of the move back and that takes it closer to forty eight thousand. so we know what bit we know what it has to do right to, to get back into the you know good graces and see if this was just a, just another great pullback to buy but first things first clearing now that forty two thousand four hundred level very important i don't know if we're going to do it today what was uh oh yeah that was thursday and friday's high so nice setups i haven't worked the numbers in ethereum but uh definitely some nice setups here and then on the downside for bitcoin I mean, as long as this low holds at thirty thousand, yeah. you got to be like, you got to be super. You got to have your bull hat on. I was. I well, was we hoping. retested it over the weekend. The test yeah. passed. Yeah. So that's that's important too. I mean, it looked like it was going to take out the thirty thousand. And my Twitter feed was, if we lose thirty, we're going to twenty. You know, that very well might be the case. But mm-hmm. you got to lose thirty first. We have yeah. not lost thirty yet. Uh- I'll tell you what, I'm kind of worried about these because, you know, last week with both the United States and China really starting to tighten regulations and tax compliance, I think this is really something to pay attention to. I think if the two leading kind of major economies are starting to fight back, what makes you think that there's not other countries that are going to do the same and follow suit? 
And I think this could be that pullback that you continue seeing to that 20,000 number. Well, I mean, it's also obviously with crypto and Bitcoin, we know this is a lot of, you know, a lot of shenanigans that go on in this and obviously transactions. I mean, um, is it ever going to become like an everyday? That's the question, you know, that, you know, and obviously we have a lot of you know people who are bullish crypto thinking eventually we may even transact in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, is that do you see that? Do you see that day eventually coming, Mitch, here? Or is this still just going to be a thing that, you know, okay, we can use it as a different type of asset, maybe a potential store of value. But is this, do we eventually, you know, leave fiat, eventually start transacting in Bitcoin and crypto? I personally don't think so. I think if that is the case, I think it's going to be, you know, a cryptocurrency that could potentially even be government, you know, that that came from the government in the first place. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I do see some value, like I said, in the Ethereum, which is why I bought some, you know, with this network, with NFTs. It, it's just such a challenging, it, it's so challenging to think that we could get from, you know, transacting every day in U.S. dollars to transacting in Bitcoin. I just can't see the path to get there. There's something in between, though, right? I mean, yeah, Okay, I think, well, yeah. talk about that. Well, I mean, I, I, I think we're going to go, I mean, we're already kind of a, a did, I mean, how many young kids carry cash around now, right? Everything mm-hmm. is is credit cards and debit cards. I mean, I still carry some cash around, but I'm I'm an old man like Phil Mickelson, who you know won the PGA. <laughs> um, you know, it, it we already are there. It's just going to be you know what's going to be that you know the denomination. Is it going to be? I don't know. I mean, I you can't fight it. I mean, it's more efficient too. I mean, not from an energy efficient thing, but. Uh, Definitely for the transactions. I mean, what about not paying wiring fees? I mean, how much money have you paid in wire transfer fees in your lifetime? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits from it. So, but then you can think, okay, the wire fee. I just wired, you know, I just wired ten thousand bucks, and the wire fee was twenty bucks. I mean, it seems like these transactions spreads right now in Bitcoin are more than that. And you got the True. gas fees with Ethereum. I mean, the wire fees are there; they're just in a Excellent. different form. So I, I, I'm Excellent. on both. I, I believe, you know, that these are alternative assets. I believe there is some value there. I just, you know, when people and, you know, they're saying, oh, some people are saying it's not a transaction. I mean, this has been the argument from Pomp for, for a long time is that we don't need the financial system anymore because we have Bitcoin. So, you know, this is the whole energy argument. And I've argued for the whole time. I don't think Bitcoin replaces the financial system. I don't think Bitcoin replaces um, in our everyday transactions. I just don't see it happening. So I don't see how even the path to get there is. So then you're left with, okay, well, what is it? It's an alternative asset. It's potentially a store of value, although a poor one in the last few weeks. I mean, it, it's it's tricky. So I do see the use. Of, I see more use in Ethereum, which is why I traded in a lot of my Bitcoin for Ethereum. I see more use in that. The Cardano, I haven't done my research on that. I know it's down like 50 or 60% from the highs. I probably should do my research right now because I was going to get down and dirty. It's probably the time to get down and dirty in that. But again, it's all still speculative assets. You know, people that are putting 100% of their net worth in this, uh, I'm concerned for. You know, if you're dumping every bit of your money into Bitcoin or into crypto, I'm still concerned that, you know, this is just speculative and we don't know. Like when I bought my original Bitcoin, I said zero or 500,000. I kept the original. I bought more along the way and I sold the extra, but I pretty much just have my original purchase minus a little bit because I sold half when it doubled. So it's speculative. Do you own any crypto, Mitch? 
Believe it or not, I don't. I've gone in and out every time I've done it. You've it's traded just more it. of a trade. Uh, yeah. I look to make maybe 10, 15% really quickly into a move, but never a long-term hold. But I think at the end of the day, when you when you look back, I think everyone's gonna, always going to think about it as looking at that monthly, like Joel teaches us often, and taking those chances off those support touches because the investment long-term definitely seemed to have made sense. In a long-term sense, I mean, we can always hindsight 2020 here, but I think at the end of the day, I think you saw a lot of people after the crash in 2018 kind of completely take Bitcoin out of their minds. I, did. I think a, a lot of people, if you would have invested a little bit, not not a lot, you didn't have to go big, big shop in there, but you if you would have got money. some of that, yeah. You, you made it. That's a big red money. candle right there. I mean, you know, Bring if you want to just, we can't yeah, yeah, uh, I got it. I got it right switching there. over. I yeah. mean, you know, this is when the future started trading right here, right? That's when we did our Bitcoin special. Remember, yep. we should maybe get that group back together. And, you know, Joe, you know, we had a couple, they were really bearish. We had some people that were bullish and the bullish, you know, then it, it made the bottom. But I mean, that. Is I mean we got to resolve this candle. We gotta probably gonna have a couple inside month. You might even you might not see 30 k or you might not see sixty k for a month. We'll see. But what that was a volatile month last month. Big red candle. It's a bigger. I mean the, obviously the month is not over yet. But you know when you look at it that perspective, we close our all time closing high monthly basis fifty nine five seventy. That was March, April, 57,300. And we're a good 20K below that. So Bear, you know. Bear is kind of in control. You got to think yeah. overhead supply problems. Just like back mm-hmm. from 2018, Joel, great point you're making here. We had so much overhead supply and we had the slow leak. So it makes you think that you know, if you're loaded right up in this, I'd probably use rallies to lighten up. And this was a rally that we just had here overnight. You know, Believe it or not, it doesn't look like much of a rally when you look at it just day over day, but when you look at where we were overnight, hitting almost 31,000 again, it's still looking like bears are in control. So I'm going to keep a small portion of my of my uh, net worth in crypto. Like I said, it's about 1% now. It was a fraction of 1%, but I brought the Ethereum up. We'll see. You know, And if crypto goes to zero and I lose 1% of my net worth, so be Thank it. You. If yep. it goes to a bazillion, well, I'll, I'll be happy I have 1% of my net worth and it'll probably grow. I mean, a lot of my biggest positions started with only being 1%, you know, of my net worth. And, you know, like my MasterCard position from years ago, I, I came into that with about 1%. It's like 7% of my of my net worth now because it's just grown so much and I've sold a lot of it. So, you know, speculation can turn into good long-term investments as well. That's what I believe crypto is. I believe it's just spec, a speculative bet at this point in time. All right, let's go ahead and let's switch on over to growth here. Let's talk a little bit about a major stock that's been watched on for a long time today. Palantir announcing it will support the United States Space Force and Air Force with a $32.5 million contract. Confirm it's supporting there by providing its software for critical missions for the DAF and Space Missile System Center cross-mission ground and communication enterprise. We've been oh, talking dear. about we've been talking about the comeback in Kathy stocks. This is a huge Kathy stock, and you know what? It's in consolidation station above twenty. I think you could take a bet here. You can take a bet, um, but you got to stop yourself out. And where I would stop myself out is probably you know three days ago, nineteen ninety four. Is that too tight? 
maybe it's too tight, but you know, it sets up that this is bumping against. It's still in a clear downtrend, so it's a counter, you know, move bet here. So, which are always tough. It always seems to be easier to buy stocks and making new highs as opposed to trying to call the turnaround. But we've been trying to call the turnaround the Kathy stocks for about a week and a half, and it's been working. We've been making some money with you know the the growth names here on the long side in the last week. Does that trend continue? It could. It could just they could pull the rug out from under it overnight too. Uh, but right now, these stocks, space is coming back. We'll get to that one in a second. Obviously, some fundamental news. But I think there's room to 25 on Palantir. I've hated this stock for a long time. I think I still don't like it long term. But it's over. it's been oversold. It's consolidated. It stopped going down. And it's consolidating above the $20 level. And I think it's kind of sets up okay for a speculative bet. Not an investment at this point, but a nice little swing trade long. Stopping yourself up below 20. Remember, as a trader, always think about what you can lose, not what you can make. So many traders, you know, come in. They think about, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this. is going to go up 100%. I'm going to buy this. And then they get caught, and they don't know what to do. Have your out defined. Know where your risk parameter is before you enter the trade. And like I'm saying, I'm setting this one up. So I was buying a 21 this morning. I'd probably stop myself out under 20. Uh, let's take – this is interesting because definitely your your 21.16 seller from Friday uh, is still out there. Got 21.10 pre-market high. But I think you get through that 21.16, you know, take out the 10. Don't be fooled if it goes to 16. But after that, it opens up. It opens up to 21.62. I mean, 32 million. I don't know what their earnings are, their revenues. It doesn't sound like a ton of money to me, but it's more of a, a trend. And uh, let's see, see if we can take out twenty one sixteen. All right, we'll definitely keep an eye on this one. I'm maybe I'll be honest. I got a bid out there. We'll see if I get hit. I'll let you guys know. If Are I you looking the this. same thing on Palantir? Like thinking it's um, you know we're breaking trend eventually, going to start to rally here again. Is that what you're yeah, thinking? it's one of these stocks that I personally I don't like, but when I see so many heads on it, and then I hear a positive catalyst like this. Got a support to go off of. At least I know my risk and I can take yeah. an attempt. See, and this that, is what yes, Mitch what does about. right, though, too. Um, you know, Mitch is always looking at, and you cut your losers. Like you're, you're very good at cutting your losers yeah. as well. Again, you see the same, you know, just in the newer traders there, you see the same types of personalities that are successful traders in the long run. And it's the personalities that will be willing to admit they're wrong. Um, you have so many that will just say, well, you know, I can't sell here because I'm down too much money. And those traders almost always, I'm not saying nothing's 100%, but as soon as you go through a bear market, which inevitably will happen again, we haven't seen really a bear market, not a serious one in 12 years, we're overdue. We're overdue. Yes, we had, you could say the, the, the bear market happened in March of 2000, but it didn't last very long. And everybody got bailed out there again because the stocks all came back. But eventually, you'll be in a market where your stocks may not come back. So I just keep saying you got to have the discipline to cut your losers. And that's why I've been in the game 21 years. That's why Joel O'Connor's been in the game for 100 years. <laughs> and that's why Mitch is you know, starting strong here in his young trading career because he's willing to admit when he's wrong. Hey, Don't be afraid to take a loss. Too. And you let you be afraid mistakes. to take a loss. You know? If you if you want to get it on, I don't know. I I don't think I see three closes right at the twenty seventy area. So you know maybe if you get a little little flush there, that would be. I mean, you certainly don't want to see it go red on the session. But if you want, you know, you never know. You get a higher open, and then you get a you know just one or two big sellers. You you might want to see you know the close there, but just make sure, uh, you know. 
it stays green on the session. But that's a it's a nice move. It's just thirty two million bucks. It's just. I'll tell you exactly what I'm looking at here, guys. I don't do this often, but I like being transparent because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not the only trader out there. So for sure. um, right now I have a, a bid out there for 2087. Looking for a quick dip into the open, red to green move, scoop me up there, and then hold towards a set, uh, 75, uh, 2075 stop. So really quite quick trade if it, if it goes straight trades. up. Boom, I'll hold it and, uh, and I'll see where it comes on the 15 minute. But if not, we let it go. And, and these are the, my kind of trades. Another and, trade that it, yep. is a growth trade right now that a lot of people are taking a look at is that SPCE. Mm-hmm. And and today, wow, you know, big move, big move. I'll, I'll actually, while you're starting to pull up the chart there, I mean, this is trading higher after the company announced it completed the third space flight. Um, I'll actually show a little bit here. Why not? Why not? Give it. Give us a little yeah, bit let's of view. Let's do it. Here. Let's see. Three, Look at this. Three, two, one. Release, release, release. Ooh. Fire. 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 It's really cool. <laughs> Super cool here. They completed the the space flight here. The first ever space flight from Sports uh, Spaceport America, New Mexico. So the first one from there, successful. And I mean, this is what they kind of need, right? Because they've been getting hit because. They delayed this space flight, and yeah. now you're seeing the reaction, the positive reaction from this kind of space flight. So definitely, guys, check it out if you guys didn't see the whole video. But interesting, interesting. Right there, you see the cutoff, and now they're floating. Boom. I think this is going to be a classic sell-on news type of thing. It already show. is. So already it's, is. this got up and got silly up to $28, and it's already starting to leak. I wouldn't be buying it at 25 no. um, This has had a big move already three days ago. This stock was 18 It's the kind of stock. It's actually it was 15 three days ago, which is incredible. It's the kind of stock where the money was made in anticipating the event. And we had Cat. She was talking about this event coming up. And if you're buying it a couple of days ago, you're really happy right now. Today mm-hmm. is profit taking day. Like I, if I had this, you know, we're buying ahead of the catalyst. That's classic. Okay, let's you know we, we got paid to buy ahead of the catalyst. You actually took it through the catalyst. And you're getting paid more because there's always a risk taking through the catalyst. If the flight wasn't successful, it would have been down significantly. But the flight was successful, which is good news for the stock. It's nice to see the pop in it this morning. Anywhere you're near 20, like I don't know who's buying that 28 because there's so much resistance at 30. There's so 20. much resistance at 30. That's somebody who isn't, you know, that's just FOMO running rampant if you're paying $28 for that this morning at 4 a.m. So I think it continues to leak. I would not be surprised if we look at the stock back at $20 uh, quickly, not necessarily today, but this is, you know, the event that everybody's excited about and stocks want something to look forward to. There'll be more stuff to look forward to in space but probably not coming in the imminent future. So I think it, I think you're in the register if you're long it, just my opinion. How do you buy this thing up to 2875 in the first five <laughs> minutes of the of the 4 a.m. session? I mean, holy macro. Because there's no liquidity there, and people Dude, are just like, they wake up early. I'm going to wake up early in the morning. i got to buy the space. It's going to be like $100 tomorrow. That's like the mentality of FOMO, and it's not happening. It, it's not reality. And yeah. that's why I said, you know, we wrote that article about, you know, how when I used to trade four in the morning, we could actually get up at four in the morning for kids. I faded all moves. I made all my money fading stupid money. And buying up at $28, there's no other word for it. It's just dumb money. Dumb money. Classic dumb money. Paying way, way, way too much. 
for you know something that we all knew was going to probably happen. I mean, this isn't like, oh my goodness, this is shocking. It probably was going to be a successful test flight. It probably in all likelihood was going to be a successful test flight. They, they're more successful than they're not successful. Could have got delayed again. That could have potentially happened. Was it going to blow up in the air? Probably not. If it blew up in the air, you know, in your big, you know, the stock would be in big, big trouble. But $25, $28 paying that now after we knew about this event coming, I think you overpaid. Great. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on here, Mitch. We got All some right, let's go ahead to the other stocks one. in the news. Well, you mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, I, I want to mention a little bit about Eli, and we could take a look at Eli. But Pete, Phil Mickelson, there, what a what a win! This is his actual sixth major victory: three Masters, yeah. two PGA Opens, um, the oldest ever to win a major championship in nearly 150 years of the history of the major competition. So, I mean, major move in Eli. And just to show the chart really quick, can you show golf? People don't know about this one. Oh man, that thing. A cush net? Yeah, people don't know about golf. Keep moving. Look at that move. <laughs> Seasonality, folks. There is always seems to be a rally in the golf stocks during the spring. It's funny how just simple this market is. Rob Friesen Braytring specializes in all this stuff, seasonality, and he's got all his algorithms that look for what is, you know, in looking looking back, even what's you know, I love this, that. you know. Yeah, we're in May, June. What typically performs well? I will tell you, golf stocks typically perform well in the spring, and this is definitely the case with GOLF, with Eli. It's another one. Why? Which other one? Other one? Am I forgetting the three? Um, golf, Eli, Chad, help me out. Can't remember. Uh, Anyways, no, I not a big deal. I, yeah, know, there, there, I know there's the one three thing, golf plays that I usually play. I don't remember the other one right I now. I pointed so. this out on Money Mitch two or three weeks ago that I liked Eli not only because of the golfing play. I mean, a lot of people don't are really focusing on their acquisition of Top Golf. Top Golf is going to be an extremely, I think, play for the summer because people are going to want to go out, have some fun, get together. And I think Top Golf is going to be, <laughs> you're going to be fighting to get a spot in Top Golf. So. Uh, Keep your eye on it. Uh, but, but again, if you're coming in and buying it now, yeah. the play yeah, a was a little buying it part. in the early spring, you know, yeah. where where golf was $40, now it's $52. you are coming out of, you know, and you've had the big move in ELY as well from 26 to 34 The move, these money's been made. Buying golf in March and probably selling it in June. I mean, it's a spring play. Golf is a spring play. Hot summer start coming. People aren't going on the courses as much as they are in the spring. Everybody's excited to get through winter. Spring is huge for golf. So it's funny how just, you know, your normal, you know, traits act and show up in the stock prices. There's huge money and huge alpha generated from just playing seasonality trends. Seasonality trends says you probably book your profits in these stocks now. Uh, I got nine holes in with my nephew on Sunday. Nice. Uh, yeah, How'd you do? How'd you play? It's the first. I've been on a couple. Couple over bogey. Couple I'm times. not. I'm not any. I either par or double bogey. You know, par. That's pretty good golf right there. You're better than me, Joe. I'll well, tell you right I now. Mean, my base I, I, I shooting par like work. once every five times out there. <laughs> I would like. No, you know, I always always get a couple. You know, then I get a little cocky. But uh, anyways, a uh, couple setups here. I'm not going to talk about the long side here because you're up on kind of light volume. But yeah. for you Callaway traders. Let's just split the last three highs, 3460, because the range is 48 to 75. So three highs in the same area. There was someone out there. 
Are they going to be out there again? High the move has been 35.55, high close 35.11. So you're opening up into some resistance here. Let's see if we can take out that resistance and uh, continue the move. I do use Callaway golf balls. I have a few less than I started out with, but, you know, that's okay too. Huh. And I'm always in the fairway. When I'm on the one fairway, I'm on the number two hole. When I'm on two, I'm in the three fairway. So got to learn huh. to hit the. There you go. Got to learn to hit the ball from other people's fairways. Don't worry. Uh, Raz is a, is a scratch guy. golfer, though. Raz, Raz is a good scratch. golfer. Right? He's a scratch golfer. Wow. Uh, he Raz is good everything. Me, he's gonna have to give me at least a stroke a hole. Uh, I'm gonna have to learn because I only got the baseball swing. I don't got the I don't got that golf swing down. Get that happy Gilmore swing going. <laughs> you already know with the hockey hockey stick and everything. Yeah, the ha- the happy Gilmore swing. We're not talking hockey today, though. That's the one thing. That's oh the no, 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 no! Can't I'll, talk I'll, hockey. I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep Congratulations, that my buddy Mike, though, on Nashville coming back from their two nothing series deficit. The Oilers weren't so lucky, or weren't so they were lucky. They just collapsed. So no hockey talk. All right, okay. all right. Hockey is. Let's get into some something that I think is going to be on a lot of people's eyes. I mean, the infrastructure package not being accepted by the GOP is definitely affecting right now. President Biden proposed changes to his infrastructure plan. He lowered the spending proposals from 2.25 to 1.7. Um, some, some of those cuts related to small business, innovation, manufacturing. Another one in the broadband funding from 100 to 65 billion. And I think the biggest one here, the request for roads, bridges, and major infrastructure projects at 159 billion to 120 billion, and still being a little bit higher than the 72 billion that the Republicans are proposing. So what do you guys think about these comments and how do you think they're really gonna affect the market here? And maybe our semiconductors and infrastructure stocks, a little bit of both, I think. But. I'm not seeing much reaction here, to be honest, in infrastructure here. This morning's rally is pretty much one of those. The markets are moving together right now. And you're seeing even the value stocks trade up, the growth stocks trade up. It's been this way for the last few days. The markets are kind of moving together. So I'm not seeing any separation here this morning. We've come in some days and you see some stocks up, some stocks down. It's kind of an everything rally. A little bit of maybe some of your consumer staples are trading down because it's a risk-on day and we know consumer staples move opposite to that but i'm not seeing um you know a lot of the infrastructure stocks just blast off here actually i'm i'm almost seeing relative weakness so i'm not i'm not or actually maybe you should be seeing that with the, with what biden said but not seeing much reaction in either direction really they're kind of just there uh the semis are getting a pop you know because uh, supposedly 52 uh billion is uh uh for that but i think the only thing if if, but if Q's it, are up 0.72 percent i mean yeah, micron like yeah. i always look this is you know if you want to know like what like look at your indexes then look at you know what your stocks are doing relative to the index and it kind of gives you a feel i mean micron's up the same as the Q's. applied materials is up the same as the Q's. it's kind of just and i don't i don't see that you know reaction i don't i don't think the market's even caring to be honest with what biden was saying yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it. And uh, I mean, they just want they want some kind of package at some time. Uh, just real quick, Nvidia. We talked about that briefly. Uh, the stock split uh, hit that pre market high at like six ten, and then it fell there in the regular session and pulled back. But uh, getting through that six ten area is important. Uh, Intel still holding that long and strong. Uh, that pop faded. Now that's up forty six cents. So I'm an Intel uh, as well. Yeah, just um, you know, just nice move. AMAD's up a buck or two. They kind of, I think, their earnings were. They had Thursday. it last week. Yeah, 
They had uh, earnings they last, week. Girls last week. Little little bit of a uh, little bit of fade here, but uh, yeah. Also, just bringing up the S and P's here real quick. We're we're right at last week's high. I mean, this is really interesting to see. We've had we had uh, four highs right at the eighty area, forty one eighty last week. We snuck up on Friday to forty one eighty five, but we faded. But you know, now we're right back up here again, and we're holding. So, either trading range. Or let's bust into that 4,200 handle. I believe the all-time closing high is up uh, in the 42 handle. I think I saw 42.25 and a quarter. So that's definitely within striking It's an important couple days for the market. How does it shrug off the the worries of crypto last night? We know crypto bounced back and the market's rallying here. But we're coming up to, like you said, major resistance around 420 on SPY. And, you know, what do we do? Do we take it out here? Is this, you know, the little double bottom put in place to to catapult us to new highs i think it could be i'm really this is a really tough market to call here with the crossroads so we're going to get more information after today today's rally can hold and we can build on it then you think an all-time highs if today's rally gives back for whatever reason then that's concerning because then you're not making new highs it's very important that this market makes new highs in the next couple days so if it doesn't then it could start rolling over here again so i know like i'm kind of betting both ways here right now but i'm just saying i'm not convicted in either direction here right now sometimes i come in and i think i say i think you got to sell stocks or i think you got to buy stocks i'm wishy-washy here i'm kind of like yeah i can't figure it out just for note um you have end of the month on friday Last traded day of the month, uh, May twenty eighth, uh, also a very important day. My uh, and a three day holiday. Yeah, and a three day holiday, and uh, be a uh, thirty two years uh, anniversary on Friday too. Wow! Congratulations yeah, so. ahead of time. Hope I have a good week. Thirty two years, impressive, <laughs> yeah. most impressive. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you got the end of the month, boom, and then you have a three day weekend. Everyone's going to be feeling good going in that three day weekend, Memorial Day. The you know. Perhaps the the worst of the pandemics behind us, reopening, people are going to be outside partying. So there's a lot. Uh, A lot of times you see it like a rally into those three-day weekends. So we'll see what happens. All right, guys. So one of the things that I've been looking at, and we can get into it, we we talked a little bit, and you had the chart up right there. Uh, looks like Gordon Johnson was on this morning ah. on CNBC talking a little bit on Tesla. Looks like we're getting closer towards testing back down towards that support. Where is this one heading, man? It seems like it's just on a sideways trend, really, yeah. to me. But it's what been do you guys very- think? It's been pretty easy to call on a day trading short-term basis. We thought that you know 600 was going to be tough. We said that on the show on Friday. Said it's getting up here now towards resistance and a cut of trouble. It opened right at the high and went straight down. So resistance very well defined, the 595 to 600 area, and you've got support now well defined with the double bottom is the 550. So um, I think I'm a seller up near 600 and a buyer down near 550 until proven you know otherwise. So trend is still not your friend. Gordo was really smashing it on CNBC this morning. We actually were just doing me, Mitch, and Joel. We're just talking about, you know, what we're going to talk about on the show. And I was like, oh, we got to see what Gordo is saying there. And, uh, you know, the typical, you know, bear bashing. He's got a $67 price target on it. I We know I have a longer-term price target of $400. i have said the reasons for that. Um, you know, we're a ways away from that. I think 67 I think that's, you know, just yeah. over the top. I don't think it's a $67 stock. Um, but I do think that there could be some pain eventually ahead. But this is storied stock. And if story stocks get hot, if Kathy stocks get hot again, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that this stock can make new highs too. So I, 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 it's hard to get on the bull bandwagon in Tesla. 
until it can get at least above 600. Let's see. If it gets above 600, then maybe there's a trade up to 650. But right now, guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, you one. nailed it. Uh, I was following this uh, with a buddy of mine that's trading it. And uh, I said, you know, open it up into, I believe it was Tuesday's high, was uh, 596 and a quarter. And you opened right there, 9611. You went to 9668. Hey, close enough to 600 for some people. Little bit of a weak close, 580, 588, So you got two numbers there, you know, right at the same area. So I like, you know, holding 580. It looks good. But I also the trading range thing, I, I yeah, they're going to need a, a catalyst to bust out over 600. Yeah. Got to get away from that 540 area. I just, you know, hanging out down there. That's the monthly support. We, I wrote about that earlier in the week. I said moment of truth, and it held. So support is support until it takes it out. All right, all right, guys. Guess what time it is, guys? It is Monday, and it is time for Market Structure Mondays. Tim Kloss coming up, guys. All right, all right. I'm super excited. I never get the chance to be with Tim, so you guys definitely do right me favor in the match. chat. Hit the <laughs> like, hit the thumbs up. My man's in the mountains. Guess where I'm heading, Tim, in a little bit. I'm going to Mount Princeton. You I'm are. Heading to the Mount Springs. Princeton. Good to see you, Mitch. Hey. Uh, well, that's terrific. Uh, what's going to take you up to Mount Princeton? I'm actually – I have my dad – I have my dad visiting, so I'm going to take Good. him up to the springs and, and, and go relax a little bit in the mountains. I know you appreciate that life. Well, I'm going to give you a little helpful local color. Don't, right. call, it, don't call it Buena Vista. No, Here, no. The locals call it Buena Vista. It's Buena Vista. And don't laugh. Don't laugh at I that. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I'll take the tip. I'll take the tip. That's, and there's, a, there's a, one of my, my favorite. In fact, I have it in the kitchen in the fridge uh eddie line brewery is in mm -hmm. buena vista and uh, it, it is my my all-time favorite uh you'll have to stop by after, definitely, after definitely. you after you soak in the hot springs at mount princeton uh head over to eddie line and have a couple of brews will do <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so um last month was really <clears throat> one of the toughest months i think really of trading i went through it myself since the kind of the pandemic correction in, in march 2020 what do you think about these trends tim are these trends going to change or is this kind of the beginning the end where, where are we at in this change well i i would be curious to hear what joel and dennis have to think about that uh, I, I caught just a little bit of your the tail end of your uh, discussion about Tesla, mm -hmm. and and if Tesla is a touchstone for the markets, well, look at how challenging that's been. Uh, I presume that you spent part of the morning talking about Bitcoin, and uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the the Dutch tulip chart that you see in Bitcoin presently. <clears throat> that's some some obscure historical humor. Uh, for those of you who go back to 1536 and the great tulip mania. Just me and you, Tim. Just okay, me Joel. Do, uh, so, Tim, do you do sentiment <laughs> analysis on crypto? We don't. And, the, you know, the reason is, uh, and, and you're a market structure guy, Dennis, so you know this. So, so for, for tr traders, if, if you've not heard me talk about this before, uh, our focus is market structure. That's a jargon term that you will hear bandied about far too infrequently, but it means the behavior of money behind price and volume in context of rules. And there's the challenge for us, Dennis. So uh, the, the national market system in the U.S. has a set of rules that create mathematically measurable outcomes. 
You, math does not apply to fear and greed. You have to guess at it. But if you have a set of rules that govern how money has to complete an obstacle course to get into and out of the marketplace, that can be measured. And that's what we do. We, you know, we build software and algorithms that look at how trades complete that obstacle course. And there is no such obstacle course in cryptocurrencies at present. Uh, I'm sure at some point there will be. So we have to revert to fear and greed. And you see those convergences periodically, and I think we're at one. I, I don't know that it, you know, it's the end of the run. To me, these are all very logical outcomes of an inflationary period. We, we have had an inflationary period. How do we know? Well, look at industrials and materials and financials. They're all up 70%, 60 to 70% uh, the last year. Well, why is that? Well, if you flood banks with money to push it out into the economy, it's going to make its way into industrials and commodities. That's what happens. And at some point, it will stop. To, uh, to borrow the uh, Stein's law from Herb Stein, who's the father of Ben Stein, who said famously, if something cannot last forever, it will stop. And it's a funny line, but I think it, it appropriately addresses where we are. So it has been a very challenging period. In the data, to me, there's a very clear reason for it. Uh, the question is whether we can regain the kind of footing we've had from you know, March 2020 to present with occasional blips. And I don't know the answer to that. One uh, thing you can probably do, Tim, is look at some crypto stocks, though, and look at the sentiment there. Absolutely. Let, let's look at two that are traded very closely with crypto, Riot and Mara, because these obviously are miners. They trade closely with Bitcoin. Bitcoin gets hit. They seem to get hit. They have been hit a lot harder relative they have to what Bitcoin they, they, is. Yeah, yeah. Is there the potential for a turnaround in either of these stories, R-I-O-T or M-A-R-A? Let's see. Let's see if we see if the uh, data data minders uh, even, see, permit see, those, let, let, even permit let me, those. Even permit those. Let me get out my internal <laughs> right. money market so, structure machine. So yeah, one or two on Riot here. I don't know what it's going to be after today, but it's definitely, one or two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to guess where you're at. For for if, you traders, if you want to follow on, uh, follow along here with what uh, uh, Joel Dennis and I are doing. Go to marketstructureedge.com. Hit free trial and uh, you can sign up you to put your name and email in and you can do the same thing that I'm doing here. And, and, and so let's lead into this. Look at this. Here's the entire tech sector, yeah. 420 uh, components. As of, uh, as of Friday, the sentiment in that group was 4.7, just, just returning to five, but look at short volume. See, generally what you want when things are, are going to perform well is that the short volume trend, that's the percentage of daily trading coming from borrowed stock. It's the supply chain. And when the supply chain surges supply like that, as sentiment begins to rise, it tends to mute prices because prices rise when demand exceeds supply. And when short volume rises at the same time, supply and demand equalize and prices don't do as well. So I would look at that and say, well, tech is offering us opportunity again, but the opportunity is not going to be as good. So now let's drill down and look at Riot blockchain in here. And so I'm going to go over here and just type in the ticker to pull that up. Mm -hmm. and, and look, Joel, you're spot on. You're getting better and better at this uh, market structure thing. It's a one out of 10, and it's only 39% short. 
Uh, not great liquidity at about $4,100 a trade. I like to trade things that are north of $5,000 a trade, but it's bottom. So let's look at this and say, well, what would history tell us uh, is the condition? It's, it's interesting how how bad these data are, if you look at this. Really, the data have not been great in Riot blockchain since back here. Here's where we had a strong rise in sentiment. It gets up to uh, 10 out of 10, short volume jumps above trend. That's where you leave. Uh, you could come back when the sentiment once again rises above five, but this did this deteriorated. You know, it didn't we would not have made money here. This is once again, the Archegos capital effect. It was the one time in the trailing 12 months where stocks did not behave according to what sentiment indicated. And we wondered what in the world was going on. Well, I think that's where counterparties blew up. Since then, it hasn't been able to get back to 10. It lost its mojo there. And, uh, and, and where is it now? It's a one and short volume is a little above trend. Could you, could, what happens if you buy a one? Not much in Riot blockchain. You want to buy rising sentiment and weaker short volume, and I don't see it. So what does that tell us? Well, it tells us, as you know, uh, you know how I love to throw out uh, you know, theological references. So it's the, the uh, book of Ecclesiastes talks about times oh. and seasons, right? So there's a time and a season for everything. It is not the time and season at the moment for Riot Blockchain. And maybe that tells us cryptocurrency. When Riot Blockchain gives us strong sentiment, once again, then we could come back to them. Maybe Mara looking the same way, I assume. Let's see. Let's see. We've got that. There it is. And almost identical. Yeah. Bought one. So why I pair these up together. This is is the pair trades that I put. I do Mara versus ride. There's a reason because these two track each other very closely. You, you, you are, and you know what you're doing, Dennis. That is, and it's exactly right. Uh, And, and uh, it's almost identical. It, 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 this one did a little better, gave us a 10 two times and then deteriorated. It actually made it through uh, the, the uh, March period, didn't perform well. I mean, if you'd bought the tick, the rise above five, and then you, you sell the return below five, we'd have lost a little bit. Buy the five, returned below five, not great. It's not the only thing we do. That five, five is a good thing. Buy an uptick, sell a downtick. Buy a one, sell a 10, or mix those combinations. Those are the things that work. But you can see that these stocks are spending more time below five than above it. And that's a it's a great read for the whole market. If the market is spending uh, more time in a range, it tells us that supply and demand are equalizing. And so you see here, this is not yet the time. What you want to watch, traders, it, you could put these in a, you could set up an alert for them. When they tick up, uh, that's the time to, to uh, look at them again. But you're right, Dennis. Neither one looks good right now. Vegas made a good comment uh, about a scanner. Need to build a screen for stocks moving from four to five with short interest going down. You can do that. Piece of cake. So uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to add a portfolio and do a screen like that, and I have them, and you can set that up dynamically so that those things always uh, furnish themselves to you. You can do rising sentiment, between four and five, short volume less th- in, in a range or less than 50%. And it will tell you every, every uh, day what you've got. In fact, I use that as an indication. Overall, I'm going to look at broad market sentiment and say, well, if broad market sentiment, it's, it's, it's exactly at five right now. We are, and it's been stuck up here. It, the, the time to, you know, it's fascinating to me how much this was right 
this really gets back to me, to your initial question, Mitch, about why has it been so challenging? And again, this is a market structure way to think about the way that the market works. And you think about all the narratives we've had over the last roughly six weeks. We've had the great rotation to value, uh, then, then the return to tech briefly, uh, then fantastic earnings. We have a Goldilocks period where, where pu public companies are going to crush earnings. Uh, everything is perfect. Jobs are growing. And then, whoa, wait a minute, earnings disappointed. Then we had fear of inflation. Then inflation fears waned. Then inflation fears returned. Well, was any of that right? Over that whole time, this was from the period when the market topped on April 13th and SPY was at 413. And where did it close? Friday, 415. All the same as. And the whole market, look at sentiment. This is the dark line. It has not given us an entry point at all. Here was the last entry point, And it was a great time. Sentiment dropped below five, begins to tick up. That's when you buy. When it peaks, leave. This required tremendous patience. And look, I didn't do it perfectly. I bought some stuff in there. I thought, well, you know, the sentiment has stopped falling. Maybe I'll buy something. Well, the sentiment was telling us, don't do it. Don't do it until sentiment gives us an entry point and then recovers because why? That will tell us money is back in the market. This is telling us that institutional flows to the market halted for the first time since the end of March, 2020. And that is why the market stopped rising. The question will be, is this downturn in sentiment that is returning to five going to give us an entry point? I don't know the answer, but I'm looking at it. And I can tell you, you look at the trend lines all across the dashboard now, look at airlines and cruise ships. Yeah. There's a, there is a nice trend line. Uh, look, if you go down to materials, get out. You shouldn't be in materials any longer because materials are not the place to be. Even industrials, look at industrials. Industrials are below five and short volume has shot up to a 30 day high. Don't be in that. Materials, sentiment is falling, short volume is rising. The exact opposite is what we talked about with the house of mouse last week. Sentiment was falling, short volume was rising. Now those are beginning to change, by the way. You can start to look at Disney, mm. but that's what you wanna see. Uh, we look, this is Chinese stocks. Look at that, boom. Uh, that if I if I had to pick one thing, as the song by Finger Eleven goes, you know, if I had to wait, if I had to trade it all for one thing at this moment, I would take the fangs because the fangs haven't gotten back to five yet. And short volume while rising is well below the market average right now. It's forty five point three percent in the S&P 500. So I would look at the fangs. I own shop. It's the so I'm looking at that. That's where I think the money's going to be. But I think the cycle is going to be short. New options trade today. Banks will true up the books on the ones that expired last week and the ones trading today. Tomorrow could be bumpy. Wednesday, we're free until month end. So do we have a good trade in there? Maybe. Uh, uh, you know, if I sum this all up, I would say we have gone through a period where institutional money reassessed the values in equities. And is it going to come back? I don't know yet. The jury is out. 
I think this is good talk. You know, one of the things that I've been noticing is in this market, you definitely need to adapt with the rotations. And that's why I think it's so important to, to really stay with, like you're mentioning, with the trends, because if you didn't adapt in this market, that's where you've really been seeing kind of the pain showing up. Um, so like like you mentioned, the materials up a significant amount, the financials, the ins- yep. industrials. Uh, and, and you mentioned a little bit about the cruises and the airlines. Those are actually on my radar today. I was actually yep. thinking about what about uh, lodging and like hotels, like Hilton's on my radar today. What, what do you think about that? Well, I would look at that. I think this is a it's a consumer discretionary uh, that broad basket is how I would think mm-hmm. about that. I, I don't have a portfolio that isolates those easy to do. Very easy to do. If you want to create a portfolio called, uh, you know, hotels, retail entertainment, what th- those categories, uh, very easy to do. And notice that I have all kinds of, I've got cannabis, I've got building materials, I've got clean energy, uh, all kinds of things. We look at consumer discretionary. It's an interesting thing, Mitch, uh, It because it's a feedback mechanism telling us what the consumer is likely to do. We, we're using sentiment to, to incorporate all the smart people who think about those things. Rather than having to read all of that stuff, all we have to do is go see what the effect of the money is on consumer discretionary. Well, here's the trend. It is returning to five, but it's a very weak recovery. And look how high short volume is. Once again, we have a, a tre- rising trend of short volume. That tells us that the intermediaries like Virtu and Citadel and Hudson River Trading and Quant Lab, all those folks look at, they're running little models in very short periods of time, fractions of seconds, and they're saying there is weak demand. So we're going to increase the supply so we can profit on how the prices move up and down, but it's going to have a hard time. I look at this and say, I I don't like it very well. I don't think consumer discretionary is giving us a rosy view of the consumer in the summer, at least at this point. This can change. Tim, do you have uh, anything where you measure the time and set it extremes? Like, you know, time, you know, a stock has been at a one or a 10 or just kind of measures, you know, the, like the normal periods of, you know, when it gets, because that seems like, I know you like it when it goes from four to five, right. know, five to six, because that's yep. the big turn. Right. But it's just, because you know, like I looked at, like I look at that Hilton, and, yeah. you know, I see it, you know, it's okay. pulled back. It's got the support at 118. I mean, rock solid support. Yep. You know, to me, it's kind of like, it's probably like a six or a seven, right? Because it's, well, had, it's, a, it, yeah, it's had a really it. strong uptrend and it's pulled back. So I don't think it's like a 10, nine or an eight, but uh, that, it, it's a, you're absolutely right. So if we look at a 90 day by default, we're just going to look at 90 trading days by default and uh, 50 of those days. Hilton has been above five, so that's more than half. And it's only spent 27 days below five. It's only spent a handful of days at one, which tells us that we probably want to buy ones. So I might toggle that, and now I've got a 27% return in Hilton in 37 trading days. Think about that. If I bought Hilton at a one, then I don't have to be in the market 90 days. And look, what if I bought and held Hilton for 90 days, I get an 8% return. Well, that time is risk. So you're, you are spot on, Joel. Good, good use of market structure. You would look at that and say, because it's a one only seven times out of 90 days, buy a one. If it's, if it's a one 15 times, don't buy a one because you're wasting your money while it stays at one. And so there's your key. 
So buy one, maybe sell the return to five or sooner. I can, you know, we can always look and say, well, what happened when I bought it January 27 at 98? Well, it went all the way to look where it went. It, you know, you get up in this range and short volume starts to rise, get out. So you 98 to 110 in a handful of days, that's a very nice return. I'll take that every time. Uh, you are, you're a good uh, market structure man, Joel. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> uh, so that, and the way you can look at this and to, to validate your point is look at the data visualizations and look back over time and say, all right, here's a one. Uh, so I buy the one and, uh, I, but I'm going to be watching, you know, how quickly do you get out? Uh, if you expand the view back, you that's what you look at to see whether these things work. But the profiler, the data back tester is going to tell you that. And the data clearly show if you buy ones, uh, and then take your gains in Hilton. That works. All right. Perfect, guys. I, I went and just put the link up in the chat, guys. Definitely check out that free trial. Uh, this is Tim Quas, founder and CEO of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. So definitely check out that link, guys. It's right there in the chat and clickable. Thank Good you for joining you. us, Tim. Uh, I'm going to have to go check out one of those Edgeline beers. Absolutely. Have fun in our mountains. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks. We'll guys. have you have next Monday. See ya. Thanks, Tim. All right, guys. There you go, guys. There you go. First time having Tim on. I can tell you that I've always, always liked how he approaches it. And and one of the things that I always do, and I think Dennis uh, referred to this last week on Friday, was paying attention to the industries and the sectors in the morning. Because what I always like to do is at least be right on that. Because sometimes, I mean, I'm not going to be right on every stock that I pick if I think in the morning what stock is going to go up. But if I can get right on the industries and right on the sectors, that's what I, I definitely feel like when I'm in the trend, I can find a winner. Start yes. with growth versus value. Is this is, <laughs> is it a growth day or is it a value day? That's where, and you, it, this will change, you know, a year from now, we'll be doing it differently. But right now, it's been a growth versus value. Right now, both are kind of moving together. So it's not a growth versus value day. It's kind of an everything rally day. So, but that can change. You can start to see some separation too. Right now, it looks a little more growthy than value. You can quickly just look if you want, you know, the quick indicators. You can look at the cues. You can look at an arc. That'll quickly tell you if growth is catching a bit. It definitely is at 1.56%. And then if you want to just look at DIA, DIA is more value stocks. You know, if you just want, if you don't want to jump into all the little, you know, there's obviously other ETFs that track it. I'm looking at 200 stocks. I can quickly just look at my screen. But if you don't have all those tools, right now, you can just look at what's DIA doing? And what's the cues doing? You get a quick look right now. Is this growth versus value because the diamonds are lagging a little bit here this morning? So it's more of a growthy day than a value day, at least this morning. But that can all change. All right. 856 here. Spoos are just, just itching up, just making new highs. We just went to 76. We're up 23 handles. Uh, we got to see what happens here at uh, 41.85 even. That was uh, your high on Friday. Caught a little cold off it, but man, we're right back up overnight. So either A, top of trading range here, or we're just busting out again into the 4,200 handle. Do we uh, do we cover all our stocks? Can I know we, we didn't have much three, four minutes ticker time. Yeah, we'll do oh, a I just want Coinbase. I just, can we mention Yeah, Coinbase I got you. I was exactly yeah. going to run through that. So what okay, I'm going to do is here, um, just run through the analyst earnings, and then we'll take a look at Coinbase's chart here. So today you got Beyond Meat, uh, did get an upgrade to outperform. Price target there is a 130. Um, you also got Campbell's downgrade on Jeffries to a hold at 50. Mm. Target is a 54. 
Dollar General, also Bank of America, underperforming target at 190. And then finally, we can take a look at the, the one that's on everybody's radar, Coinbase here, trading higher after Goldman Sachs put a buy rating in a 306 price target. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy. Honestly, there's just nothing in here. I got one close at 33.40. That's a minor target. But there's nothing up. You got a pair of highs just under 239. That's your level. That's not your level for today or tomorrow. That's your level for the week. Two daily highs right there, 239. I don't know if I want to try and draw the 50% retracement in, folks. You let me know if you think we got the low of the move. But keep an eye on 239. If you caught short this thing or you want to try it long, ugh, the close at 24.35. I don't think you're going to get that low. You might have to stick your neck out uh, above that, maybe 225, 226, 227. I don't know. Goldman's pretty powerful. This thing's been beat up. You got, uh, if there's any shorts out there or any people that were accumulating on a decline could be a little bit tougher today all right definitely seeing a lot of people still talking about pelantier if you didn't catch that talk definitely go back guys we talked about that contract um seeing unity software being mentioned right now let's take a look maybe at that one that's you i'm still long it we know i bought it because michael pactor was on the show <laughs> i bought it at 87 it went all the way down to 77 like oh. literally two days after so or actually, was that after the low? Anyways, I, I took. I don't think. I, I think it was actually after that. I don't think it went down to seventy-seven after Michael Pactor's think he was on last week, but it went down to eighty-two or eighty-three. I took some major heat on it. Last four or five days, it's starting to come back. I put this on. I want a little more growth in my portfolio. And Pactor liked it, so I was like, I'll go with Pactor. I think there's room to a hundred here. I'm sticking with it for now. Um, but I, I'm, I've been in it for about a week and a half. Short term, uh, we're at. We're at potential resistance here. Pair of highs from uh, the 4th and 5th of May, 95.29, 95.30. You can see you get through there. You get to work into a gap fill at 96.52. And then next daily uh, next daily high is not up until 101.44. So 95.30, that's my focus here in Unity Software. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and let's smash that like button. Let's get up to 500 likes today. I gotta beat Spencer's records, guys. Come What's on. What's the record? What's the support? Record? Support. I don't know, but I, I I'm gonna be looking pretty sad Resistance. at myself if I don't hit the if I don't break these records. I know we've hit 500. We've even hit 600, 700, a thousand before. So I need to push. A thousand? Guys. When did we hit a thousand? We, I think we, we did hit a thousand in, in, in our big interviews. Our big interviews really do draw a, a lot of likes, but. At the end of the day, what I want you guys to do is give us the feedback. If it's not a like or a dislike, hit us up in the comments. Let us know how you want to see the show get better or something that we can do to keep you as a viewer. So definitely let us know in the comments below because the feedback is always appreciated here. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Anything else you want to talk about the market before I get you guys out of here and talk about our 100K sub giveaway, our Tesla giveaway, and then we'll be getting into Matt Hammond. So stick around, guys, for the IPO warrior there. What do you guys think about the market coming into the 85. I take out last week's high. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm going to go with Joel. Same thing. Um, just this is the market there. You're looking at you're bumping up against a critical support level. You're very close to it. Can we take it out if we turn over and roll over? This is this day here today. It's going to give us a lot more information because we're bumping up. We need to get above 4, 420 on spy, and then we can start thinking about new highs. But if this we just turn over and roll over here, then that's concerning. So I need to see some relative strength. I need to see the market hold up today. It's an important I, day for the market. I took a couple tickers. Uh, I'll start with. Uh, uh, 
I'm going to stay on for a little bit. I'm going to do big C and fastly, and then give me a few more tickers here before the open. Definitely, definitely, guys. Put those in the chat, guys. Put those in the chat, and we'll get rolling through. Now, one thing I do want to mention, and I'll let Dennis get, get on out of here if he has to go ahead and trade. All right, Joel, if you want to stay in the chat, we will always appreciate okay. you being All in right. the chat. Take it away with uh, the IPO Warrior. Definitely, definitely. All right, Back guys. At 3.30 with Mitch. Definitely, guys. Stick to at the close. We're going to have some fun today. Um, so what I want to get into guys, before we get in Matt here, I want to talk about our hundred K subway giveaway here, but no better way than play this trailer. And then I'll walk you guys through the gleam on how you guys can win this free share of Tesla. All right, guys, put that link in the chat, guys. And if you guys actually follow that, it's going to get you over to the Gleam link. And really what you got to do is you got to go ahead and be a subscriber of Benzinga. I'm going to go ahead and quickly run you through that. I always think it's helpful if, if I actually run you through the competition and how to actually go ahead and apply. So definitely, guys, check out the competition. Um, one of the things that you will see is that if you have multiple ways of uh, entering, once you go ahead and visit Benzinga on YouTube, you're going to be able to do a different entry. And I'll go ahead and I'll share the screen here so you guys can see exactly what I'm talking about. So definitely after you do the sub to sub subscribe, you'll be able to enter the YouTube code, guys. The YouTube code will definitely give you those entries, those extra entries. And I'll give you a secret, guys. The code here is slime slime raz here guys slime raz in capital here definitely do all the entries and you'll get 10 bonus entries this is what it's all about if you do this guys that i mean you guys will be loving it you guys will get 10 extra entries for this one share of tesla i would not miss out but be always guys definitely first subscribe all right guys let's go ahead and let's get into our ipos of the week we got the the one and only the IPO warrior here, Matt Hammond. What's going on? How are we doing? It's my first time with you, and I'm excited because I can tell you right now, I always pay attention to these Mondays because, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to know, and, and, and this is the guy to get it from. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Mitch. I love your shows, too. I love uh, what you did with Spax Attack. I love watching you open those NFT tops packs. Uh, I love <laughs> you your some fun, right? stories. I follow you on Twitter. Uh, very happy to uh, have the opportunity to share some screen time with you here. Definitely, so yeah, you got to know your IPO. You got to know your IPO because this is really the birth of each company. When you follow a company straight from the IPO, you know where it started. You know where Unity, you guys were just talking about Unity. When you guys talk about the prices there, I remember Unity debuting at 70, you know, 76. And I remember all the action that it's, you know, that it's taken. I know it's back down to some lows. This might be a good time to enter. Last week was a great time. Know your IPO. You know the stock. It's like knowing a, a kid from the day he was born. So, um, yeah, great to be on the show. Guys, I do also send out a newsletter every week on Sunday night covering these IPOs, talking about the trading strategies I used from last week and giving a little bit more information on how I'm going to play the IPOs. If you go to IPOWarriors.com, sign up for the newsletter. You'll be have a little bit of like uh, prep before you 
watch this show. Uh, and it kind of gets you excited, gets you primed up. For me, they're almost like sporting events. I get as excited as some of these big ones the same way I'll get excited for watching the Super Bowl or watching you know any of my teams play. Um, and it really is that kind of like moving action. So without further ado, let's uh, jump into a little bit of recap of last week. Um, one of the things we've been talking about is these stealth IPOs. I don't want to spend too much time on it, except they have been the strongest. I've won tens of thousands of dollars on some of these stealth IPOs. The big one for me was TIRX. Uh, eBet was not as stealthy, but it was the same underwriter. Last week, we saw something that was a little bit weird in that a stealth IPO completely bombed. It came out of nowhere. It wasn't on the schedule. It wasn't on any calendars. There were a few, even just looking back through the news, I could only find a few mentions in very obscure press releases about this Juzy Holdings, which was also underwritten by Bosted. And they're the ones that brought us UTME. Those are the ones that did um, eBet. Some of these other high-flying, low-float, out-of-nowhere IPOs. This one was priced at $5 and debuted at $45. Now, even if I had been aware of that one, I probably would have stepped away from it just because when something debuts at a 900% premium, there's not a lot of room for it to keep going up. This one gave you a little bit of an opportunity there if you were super, I don't know, quick, but you had one minute to watch it. It didn't halt upwards, which is always kind of a danger sign. And then it just completely crashed. I mean, you it, it came all the way down. I don't show day three here, but it came down to $7. I mean, you had no, almost no outs. You had, a, I mean, if you bought in on the debut, you've just been bag holding the whole time. Um, something that debuts at a 900 or 1,000% premium, I don't care what it is, there's almost no justification for taking that risk. So it's just as we continue to try to undercover, you know, uncover the secrets of these stealth IPOs, I'm always going to like bring them up because either they go way up. We saw UTME went into nine consecutive upholds opened at 1160 and ran up to 107 on day two. I mean, huge profit opportunity there. If you were on it, this one was the opposite and shows us that we can't just trust anything that comes out of nowhere. These Chinese unannounced low float IPOs, they can be dangerous. And this one would have really left you feeling pretty burned with almost no, um, no way out. So on to the more conventional plays from last week, since there are only a few last week, we can cover them all. Um, and then there's only a few this week. So Squarespace, Squarespace was a direct listing. I've started shying away from these direct listings, partially because there's just so many shares that flood the market. We don't even know how many shares are really going to be sold. And I don't like that un unpredictability, especially when there are other plays coming up. I don't want to have my money tied up in these trades. So Squarespace did sort of what we expected. It opened at 48. It quickly touched 50, which is a small win. I guess you could have taken a, a stop loss play here. I just decided to watch it. And then it just crashed out. But if you had some high conviction, if you're like, no, Squarespace is a great company. They're going to price like Wix. It's going to go up, um, especially when the market sort of turned. We saw it recover and you had a chance to get out at a break even uh, about partway through day two if you held a little bit longer. You could have taken profits here. And if you really believed in Squarespace and just wanted a swing trade here on day three, you're given the opportunity to take about a 10% win uh, right off the open, which would have been you know, a nice play. You don't need a lot of profit if you just keep stringing together five, 10% wins. Those will add up. What you do need to avoid is avoid panicking 
getting yourself in a position where you're taking big losses. That would have been a pretty big loss if you panicked here and said, okay, well, this thing's going to tank. I don't know, Squarespace, the internet's going to disappear. People aren't going to need websites anymore. You know, you start, your mind starts really messing with you. So you got to have that conviction. I pretty much will always give an IPO at least a day two run opportunity because you get this media cycle overnight. And that oftentimes promotes the stock to people who weren't really paying attention to the IPO. They hear that it, uh, especially with IPOs, oh, it, you know, 30% pop. And people are like, oh no, that's a great company. And they jump in on the day two and they buy it here. And, you know, you often see this kind of day two run. And we'll see that in the next two examples. Uh, Procore, I like this one. I called this one out as my kind of high conviction call last week. It gave us a pretty easy play. We entered here at 84. You had to take a little bit of heat out of the open, which is sort of normal. This one had a low float. I think it was 8 million shares or 10 million shares. And once that kind of initial sell-off uh, peeled out, then we had the buyers come in. People stopped selling, and what was left was a pretty nice little run. Uh, I said I wanted to hold it for day two, but after taking this heat here, I sold half my position here. Then I took another bit of heat as it dropped down. I, I don't really like it when it drops below my entry price. If it does that twice, I'm going to exit 100% here. And I took, you know, I took a nice little profit there. A little bit more conviction might have brought me to a higher profit opportunity on day two. But again, you're seeing dips down into the 85, 84 region. That's going to make you nervous. You're babysitting these trades. And I didn't really like seeing the low volume with huge spreads. I mean, there was the spreads were $1.50, $1.25 between the buy and the ask order. And when you're sitting there watching that without a lot of volume of stock, you start feeling like you could get stuck if one of these drops uh, gets sustained. Um, it's just a strong company, a lot of institutional interest and in a strong industry with, you know, being construction. But you want to take your profits when you get a chance. You don't want to take losses. You add up small profits over time. You play a bunch of these IPOs without taking losses, and you're going to make a substantial amount of money in the long run. Oatly. Oatly was a good example of a stock that gave us the overnight media cycle and an opportunity to take what was looking like a loss and turn it into a win. I entered here just on the debut. I didn't take a, a big position. I talked about that last week. It just had so many shares. It was 80 million share, you know, an 80 million share float, even with all the celebrities and all the people who love it and the comparisons to Beyond Meat, uh, alternative foods being hot. Uh, everyone's saying, oh, it's in Starbucks. It's all, I can't find it in my supermarket. It's always, you know, flying off the shelves. It's still incredibly highly valued and it's still oat milk. I mean, how excited can we really get about oat milk? Um, it did drop pretty hard out of the gate, but these weren't huge moves. This was from 2211 uh, down to 21, you know, basically 21 or 2050. So you're not down like $5 or a huge percentage here. It, if you're really freaked out, you had a chance to get out, hit break even and say, okay, well, that didn't go up like I was hoping. Um, but I thought, you know, give it a media cycle day. This, is, this thing's endorsed by Oprah Winfrey by, uh, I think it was Jessica Alba. I think there's a whole bunch of people that were, you know, that are not only investors. I think there's, I think the, Kevin Durant, some of the other NBA players were in this. There were a lot of people endorsing this and it caught a lot of media hype. And you can see in day two in the morning, spiked up. People said, oh yeah, Oatly IPO. I got to get some of that. I love this stuff. It's wonderful, you know, thing. It's replacing dairy. It's good for the environment, blah, blah, blah. So then we saw another run here and I said, okay, 
this is this is the run where I want to get out. The day two initial spike, uh, usually within about the first, you know, before noon or around noon. This was yeah before noon. You saw this run up, and I said, okay, you know, at around twenty two eighty twenty three, I'm just gonna put my limit out there. I wanted to go play basketball in a few hours um, ahead of you guys. I'm out here in the Ukraine. It was a nice day out. I wanted to get out. I wanted to get relaxed. I felt pretty confident we were going to get this run. I set my limit order and just walked away from it, came back, checked after playing, and ah, took some profit there. Okay, wonderful. But the main point here is if you get stuck here, don't panic sell necessarily, especially if it's a kind of highly recognizable brand name that's going to drive some retail demand after everybody comes home from work, you know, on the, after the first day of the IPO. They read the news. They see that this company that they know and like and love IPO'd, they weren't really aware of it then, and they come in and they buy on the second day, and that often gives us a chance to get out of our bag holding. I've seen it so many times that it's almost like I don't even panic right here. If it doesn't do this, then it's time to you know consider where you're going to cut your losses. But and you want to manage your risk, but you also want to give yourself the opportunity. If you always sell when you're down, that's not a good strategy. You're going to lose over time. The like the long-term strategies of these IPOs for me has been to roll over my wins into the next play. And as long as I avoid taking losses, I'm not holding a lot of bags, then I can continue to string together singles, singles, enough singles in a row, you know, those are rallies and, and, and you'll see that rally affect your portfolio in a positive way. Okay. I wanted to go back to something that people talked about last week, which was on these uh, especially these low float plays that have come in. A big one was eBet, and that was one that we called out here. I was very confident about that one, and it turned out really well. People ask me, how do you exit from a halt? So one of the things that, especially in like E-Trade, which is the main platform that I'm using, once a stock has gone into suspension, you're not actually able to set a market order. Um, you can't exit from a position with a market order while the stock is suspended. But what you can do is you can set a limit order. Um, and I, the reason I use a limit order and not a stop loss is because there can be a lot of slippage in, there's a lot of volatility when you get these halts. So if you're not familiar with this, this is when stocks are automatically halted on an exchange. And it's usually, the rules are automated. It's not like someone's sitting there going, oh, I think I should halt this. It's a, usually a 10% move in five minutes or less. So we'll see this a lot with the IPO trades because especially when there's a low float, there's not a lot of shares moving and it doesn't take a whole lot of trades for a stock to automatically uh, just get pushed up 10%. If a stock debuted at say $8, it only takes an 80 cent move in five minutes or less and that stock's gonna get halted. And we've seen a lot of these halt literally like within a second of them starting to trade. And then you're sitting there going, oh, great, I'm up 10% right away. What do I do? Well, the good thing is you have usually five or 10 minutes to kind of take a deep breath, assess your strategy. If you're using Webull and you have the level two data, you can look at the bid and ask prices and see, are the bid and ask prices both above the halt, like the price at the halt? That's a good indication that it's going to keep running. If you start seeing a big discrepancy, well, then you might want to say, well, hmm, it could drop out of a halt just as quickly as it spiked up out of a halt. Maybe it's time to take some off the table. Unless I'm in a really high conviction play, I'm going to start taking percentages of my position out from each halt. Okay. What that means. So you're going to set a limit order and I'm going to take, I'm going to show you guys right here exactly what that looks like. Cause I've had people I've explained it to before still not quite get it um, until they went through it. And this is, 
showing you know ebet debuted at 21 uh went up through three holds into i think 29 was the peak and if you held it through that you got an opportunity to take it at 50 on day two um but this is what it looks like you're going to set your action to sell you're going to choose what quantity. Maybe you, you started with 200 shares. I would say take 50% out of the first halt, almost no matter what, unless you really, really believe that there's enough hype to continue this driving this up. You're going to set your limit as a price type, and you put your limit price below the last price. And this is really important because your limit price, your, your order is going to get filled at whatever it debuts, and you're not you're not holding enough shares to monumentally affect the price. The point is you're just wanting to get out and you can try to be tricky and say, no, I don't want to get out unless it goes to 25, but there's a very good chance that it goes to 23 and then drops and you're sitting there holding your shares that you wanted to get rid of. You could put this at 10. You could put this at one. It doesn't really matter. The point is you want to take your profit out of that halt without getting yourself in a situation where you're holding something that, um, you know, that drops really fast. So it's kind of like musical chairs. And when the music stops, you don't want to be sitting the one, you know, the one standing there with his, you know, scratching his ass looking for a place to sit. Uh, so let me just show you exactly what I mean with how quickly these uh, these halts can happen. This was eBet. It debuted at 21. So we bought in at 21 and it immediately, I mean, it wasn't even like you had no time to make a trade. It went from live to halt in a heartbeat. And it's a weird looking thing because you're sitting there watching the chart and all of a sudden it goes 21 and then it says, I think like 23 or something. And then it's, there's nothing you can do. You can't place trade on the action at that time. And it went into, I think a 10 minute halt here. I was pretty confident in this one. So I didn't do anything off the first halt. Actually for this one, I said, okay, this one's going to be a three halt. I have kind of a personal three halt rule which is very rarely do we see something go past three halts. And what I did here was I took, um, you know, I basically let it ride here. Actually, no, that's not true. I took, I think I started with 1300 shares. I took 300 shares out on the second halt, set my limit order here. So, okay, now I'm sitting on some nice profit. On the third one, I got out and I got out right here. Did I leave some money on the table? Yes. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay too. Um, the point is I turned a really nice profit in about 30 minutes of trading and I was just exiting each of these halts after the third halt, the three halt rule actually applied here. We started getting, you know, downtrend for the rest of the day. Uh, if you held some for day two, you were rewarded. I think it topped at 70 in pre-market, but that was like a Weeble only type of trade. It was like 5 AM came down and debut or opened up on day two at around 50 and it's trailed off since then. Now it trades at around um, 21.79, I think was the, the close on Friday. So that's how you play those halts. People asked about that last week. I just wanted to go over that because when we have low trade or low float, highly hyped, or these especially stealth IPOs, uh, this is a really important strategy that you want to sort of understand before you're in that moment. You want to be reacting um instinctively, not impulsively. Okay. So that moves us to the featured IPOs for this week. Uh, there are some interesting ones, some that I particularly like, and I believe that as long as the market's strong, like we've seen last week, these are going to be good opportunities. Okay. The first one is Flywire. This one does local payment solutions in 
like globally. So 240 countries and territories. I think there's only 220 countries recognized by, um, you know, by most governments. So it that includes territories, things like Puerto Rico, things like that. 130 currencies. So they kind of are one of these companies trying to help uh, e-commerce providers expand globally. Uh, it also helps people send money, uh, but they have sort of specific verticals that they've created specialized payment flow systems for in education, health, travel, and more. And when you think about it, those make sense because those are very, uh, especially travel is a very global uh, business. Uh, I would consider this a high growth company, which, you know, last year, six months ago would have been a very interesting story. The market's cooled down a little bit on just pure growth, especially ones with significant operating losses like this company. They do have a low float of 8.7 million shares. I'm just not sure this company is going to get as much hype as some of the other opportunities this week. And May 26th, we actually have three other uh, companies that are either debuting or doing you know, IPO or direct listing. And I like some of the other plays better. So I probably will be taking a flyer on Flywire and instead focusing my investment on Paymentus. And the reason I like Paymentus is that it's a cloud-based SaaS payment solution for bill paying. And this is paying your electric bill, um, your internet bill. Basically, everybody pays bills. Uh, they only, or they currently have 16 million consumers and businesses in North America, but they are growing very fast, 32 year percent year-over-year growth for the three months ending in March this year. And there's not a lot of competition in this space. We're talking legacy systems and internal solutions built by the utilities or the, you know, the companies that are doing the monthly billing. Uh, they're cash flow positive and profitable, which means you're not just investing in a growth, you know, a growth company. And these types of investments we've seen, it reminds me a little bit of Global E, which two weeks ago did their IPO. And they've performed very well over the last two weeks. And we've got a nice low float of just 10 million shares. So this ticks a lot of the boxes that I'm looking for in a company to play an IPO. Uh, depend, as long as the premium that it debuts at is not insanely high. I like this trade because I think other investors are going to like this trade. And it's in an industry where even if you get stuck holding something for a few days, it feels like this is not a bad long-term position. And I love these trades. I like being in something that uh, okay, if it doesn't work out immediately, maybe it gets me out you know, in a week or two. Maybe I even hold a little bit longer, but I feel like this is going to be a strong play and I will be you know, playing Paymentus probably instead of the other IPOs of that day. The next one and the last one for May 26th is ZipRecruiter. I think most of you are familiar with this, which is a good indication usually because uh, brand recognition you know, drives retail demand. This is the largest or the most popular online job matching service, especially for job seekers. It's the top app for job seekers on iOS and Android for four years running. It's profitable. It's got growing revenue. And the only thing that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit is because it's a direct listing with a huge float. So we saw what happened with Squarespace, which only had 40 million shares. Well, this has 86 million shares, and we really don't know how many shares are going to get sold. How many of the people who are currently holding shares in this company are going to say, hey, you know, I've been holding this for 10 years. It's time for me to go buy a house or a yacht or a boat or, you know, have a party. I don't know. But if people start selling and the longer that a direct listing, like every minute that a direct listing is live trading, there are more shares potentially being sold into the market, 
which is different from an IPO where we know exactly how many shares are going to be traded, uh, how many are going to be floated, and they all come to market the second that the IPO debuts. And there's no more shares being introduced into the market until that 180-day lockup period expires. So with direct listings, because they're a little bit uncertain, I'm not super bullish on ZipRecruiter. I think the last you know, Coinbase was a little bit of a disaster if you held past the ten, first 10 minutes of its direct listing. Roblox was the only one where I was just super bullish and have held half my position even now. Um, that one was just such an easy play and everybody on Reddit was loving it. And that was, you know, every parent of every child knows that Roblox is what they're spending all their, <laughs> their, their whole budget for their kids uh, disposable income on. So ZipRecruiter, if you like this company, you probably get bailed out. If you really want to play this, I might wait for a dip and then try to play that day two rally because it will get that overnight media cycle. But I'm a little bit hesitant on this one. I don't love it. And when there's something else that I really like on the same day, I'll usually just try to play that one. Uh, the next one is the following day, May 27th. And this is Figs. Figs is interesting. I didn't really know much about this because I'm not a medical professional and that's really what they specialize in. But after checking out their website, checking out their reviews, people love this company. And what they do is they're a direct-to-consumer healthcare apparel and lifestyle brand. So what they do is, yeah, that's literally like uh, lab coats and, uh, you know, smocks, uh, vests, uh, face masks, things for medical professionals. And they are very profitable. They have free cash flow. They're growing revenue. I mean, 138% net revenue growth from 2019 to 2020. And of course, we had COVID. But, you know, the trend is for healthcare workers now to buy their own uniforms. 85% of healthcare workers buy their own uniforms. And they have the, they're talking about expanding beyond America to Australia, to England, to other countries. And they also realize that they're in a position to expand into other industries beyond healthcare where uniforms are standard and employees are starting to buy their own stuff. So they want to expand into construction. They want to expand, expand into education. They want to expand into other industries and their stuff is pretty cool. I mean, if you think about your typical boring doctor's outfit and you go look at their website, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I mean, if I had to wear this every day, I'd rather have stuff that's almost built more like, um, athletic apparel. I mean, they're using breathable fabrics and putting mesh inserts in the armpits and things that you can imagine would be very comfortable. And when no one else is really paying attention to this, they are the ones, they, they started this by showing up in the parking lot of hospitals and saying, hey guys, um, you're tired, you'd have a long day. Why don't you try some of this stuff on? And people loved it. So 22.5 million shares floats. That's not an insane, that's a pretty standard amount. And I think this will especially get an overnight media uh, cycle. Uh, the only thing that makes me a little bit kind of like, hmm, is this is one of Robinhood's first offerings where they're trying to give regular people like us IPO access to a company that otherwise, you know, this isn't one of those click IPO uh, offerings that some of us see in Webull. This is pretty kind of mainstream-ish uh, company. And they're doing this IPO access thing. And we don't really know quite yet the details of that. We don't know what the lockup, if they're imposing a lockup period onto these people, or if we've got retail investors who are going to say, oh, I made, you know, eight bucks on the, uh, you know, the debut premium, I'm just going to sell. I know that with, you know, E-Trade or with Webull, when retail buyers are given access, a lot of them take profits right away. 
and we'll see a pretty big drop off right off those uh, debuts. So keep an eye on this one. I like the company. I wouldn't mind holding some shares of it long. I think they have a lot of room for growth. And we're also getting pretty close to the opening bell, so I know I got a wrap. Um, got anything, Mitch? Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I wanted to point out is I am keeping a little bit of a watch on Oatly here towards the open. It did get just a spike recently. Let's see what happens here. You know, it's definitely one that you mentioned had a stronger second day. Let's see if it mm-hmm. really can hold that 2250. I think that's going to be an important price point today. Yeah, as the initial sellers uh, kind of got their, <laughs> took their profits. It's got the media hype. It's got, you know, the retail demand has to be driven by brand recognition. Brand recognition is a very strong factor here. There are a lot of shares out there. I think you're going to see a lot of day traders limiting the upside of this one. But it is something that like, uh, you know, retail people that as they understand that it's a new new product and people will make that comparison to Beyond Meat, which did an insane run uh, off of its IPO. So, yeah, keep an eye on that one for sure. Definitely, definitely. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Definitely, guys, check out ipowarriors.com. I put it up in the link already. It's in the description here. I'll also go ahead and put it up in the chat again for you guys to check it out. Um, Is that where they can find this PowerPoint weekly? Uh, No, but I do email out a newsletter with more detailed Mm. information than this every Sunday night. So if you get that first, you review it, then you come on to the show. I think you're going to have a pretty good foundation for playing the ipos of the week and so far we've done really well all the high conviction trades that we've been given out have given win opportunities of course you have to play your own trade and don't be too greedy take your profits i try to aim for 10 percent and then protect against the downside if i take five percent i'm happy with it and but some you know you put yourself in a position to catch some of these runners like ebet and you're you know ending the day up with a 40 percent win it feels pretty good Excellent. Excellent. So there you go, Rue. You found out where you can at least get some more information. Definitely check that out. Appreciate you coming back want to download these, if if, if there's an interest in that, I'll uh, I'll, I'll put them up and you guys can download. Go to IPO Warriors in a day or two. I'll have that link up there. I'll get it. There you go. You see, we got some great feedback. I hope hope we can get you more information out there, guys. And if you want to know more about IPOs, definitely reach out to Matt. He's the guy to definitely ask about. All right. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. I'll go ahead and get us into the open now. Definitely check out IPO Warriors, everyone. All right, guys, let's go ahead and let's get you guys into the open here. We don't have David Green today, but I'm going to go ahead and at least get you guys into the open here. See what we see moving. See what's the biggest movers of the day. Today on my radar is definitely going to be um, kind of some how, uh, lodging. I'm going to look at Hilton, some retail stocks, see if we get a move in retail a little bit earlier. VZIO also on my radar today. But let's take a look at what's moving out there right now in the market. All right. So really quickly, right off the top, one of the things I like to do is look at that uh, percentage change since open daily, because I want to compare that to how we've opened from kind of this morning time. Looks like we got utilities really breaking out there. Utilities with a nice breakout. Another one that I'll keep on watch is technology as we start getting a push here in technology. Let's see what um, is moving in technology. Looks like we got semiconductors, equipment and materials showing up as some of the highest movers. Um, another one that's showing up here is electronic gaming and multimedia and also semiconductors. So we talked about some semiconductors moving in the morning. NVDA, let's see how that's moving right now. Looks like we're getting a nice push there in, in NVIDIA. 
Nice push right out the open up there through 610s. Let's see if 610s hold as it just pushed through a resistance. When it pulls back, let's see if that kind of holds there. Um, another one you can take a look at today, AMD. Let's see what's going on with that one. Looks like we're getting a small pullback right now. Let's see MU. MU, this is going to be Micron Technologies. And looks like this one's being strong in the morning. And this one's also in that semiconductor area. AMAT's another one to keep on watch. Look at AMAT. That's a nice push there. So definitely that's those stocks are moving. Semiconductors this morning moving. All right, let's go ahead and take a look here. If you got a stock you want me to take a look at, I'll definitely hit hit the like button so I can continue being on, guys. It looks like we're only at, and I'll go ahead and I'll check in here. We're only at 600 likes, guys. Let's get to 700 likes, and I'll continue staying here on until 10 a.m. into the open here. What are you guys seeing out there? What stocks are moving? Let's see. Maybe I'll, I'll take a, a little trade here. We'll see if I get anything moving right now. Um, one of the ones that I was looking at this morning was going to be how is Palantir going to react? Looks like we're getting a good tech day. So let's see how this kind of pullback happens here. And, and we can maybe look to see if we can dip our toes in Palantir today. Um, if I did get this one, I would take a very slow approach in this one. Um, let's take a look here. Let me see if I can get it in my Weeble account here. All right. So if I would get it, I would get it closer towards this uh, 2082, but I think it's going to flush through there right now. I'm going to look for a red to green move in this one, a little bit a little bit more red here, and then look for this push up. But it looks good with a nice pullback now. I'm getting interested if it holds VWAP. So if we look here at the one minute, guys, we've washed down towards the 2075. Let's see if it can hold this 2097 on a bounce back. That's Palantir. All right, guys, going to go ahead and take a look here. SPCE, love you, Mitch. <laughs> SPCE is, is, is one of those that I just uh, – I, I kind of shortened to a lot of the pops there, but let's see how it looked today. Ooh, look at this VWAP fade there, guys. If you would have shorted that VWAP, look look at that quick, quick push down. Let's see if it comes back towards VWAP, this yellow line, and then fades back down again. So you're looking for this push re mean reversion back up there towards 20, 25, 23, and then a knock right back down. One of the things that I would do is I would look at the prior support to see if that holds. So kind of this 25, 24, you want that holding because if not, the next level up to push towards the test will be at 2558 look let's see what happens in that one max r is one that i'm looking to see if the space industry can continue pushing back up but let's take a look at some of the healthcare healthcare looks like we got medical devices up medical instruments and supplies um, not seeing too much there let's see what else we got here Looks like utilities finally taking a dip here. Technology still on the rip, guys. Semiconductors leading in technology. So definitely look at these technology stocks. Let's see what we're seeing moving in there. Um, semiconductors leading in kind of this pre-buzz, this move right back up. Hey, Matt, look at that. Look at that, guys. I'm glad I was able to get you guys on that sector early. Look at that. That's a nice push up there in AMAT. Another one you can take a look that we saw was moving strong, MU, and probably the leader of the industry right now, NVIDIA pushing on up there. Let's see if AMD can catch a bid here. Looks like it, it started to catch a bid there. Not the worst move there. Um, let's take a look at Apple. 
There you go. That's what we wanted to see. Look at this apple rip, guys. Straight up one, two, three, four, five, six candles there and a 0.65% move there. Let's see if it comes back towards VWAP and then pushes back up there. But good strong move there right out the open. All right, going to catch up here with the chat. Hit the like, guys. Hit the like. I need another 75 likes. If not, I'll be getting on out of here at 945 instead of 10. So if you guys want me to stick around, hit the likes, hit the thumbs up, and that's how I'll go ahead and stick around here with you guys. Uh, let's see what else we got here moving. All right, so some consumer defensives. We got discount stores, confectioner, pharmaceutical retailers pulling down a little bit there. Um, the worst one today is energy. So I'd maybe look at, to see if oil is dropping down here. That's why you'd see drip up. So there you go. Perfect example there. Oil moving down there. Um, consumer defensives here. Let's see what happens there. Um, I was also going to take a look to see if we were going to get some of these kind of cyclicals to move here. Looks like gambling is pushing on up here. Restaurants pushing on up. Those are not the bad plays there. Let's take a look at Penn. There you go. Good push there in Penn. I like that look. Let's see if we can come back towards VWAP, and I'll take an approach on Penn. DKNG also doing very similar move, very similar move in DKNG. Um, RSI is one that I actually own, guys. I'm in this one, full disclosure, at 12.05. Looking for this one to continue on up. And then GNOG is one that is interesting. But to me, I like GAN more than this one. I'd look to see if GAN gets a strong day. I'm definitely keeping an eye uh, on GAN here. Uh, CRSR, let's see what's going on with this one. The gaming sector, electronic and gaming. Look at this. Look at this industry move. I'm going to definitely keep an eye out on this one. Roblox, Roblox being mentioned. Let's take a look here. So there you go. Technology sector in software and application. So let's take a look at that uh, kind of industry index here. So if we look at software and application, look at this big push. Let's take a look at the daily chart. And you see how it's starting to push back up pretty significantly there. So RBLX, Art Roblox, you're seeing a nice daily push out there in Roblox as it's starting to push there. Nice five-minute move there, almost a 4% breakout there, a little bit higher actually. This is about a 4% breakout there. So definitely let's see if we can get this one to pull back a significant amount here, closer towards this 84.50, but big push up there on Roblox, guys. All right, Gush, Gush is probably going down right now, Fernando. We, we just pointed out that oil was on the downturn a little bit, so you saw drip pushing up. Gush should be push, pushing down. Uh, next one up, CREX. This is Creative Re Realities. This is a penny stock, guys. Uh, I wouldn't really be too much into a stock like this, but, I mean, if, if I had to draw the look, I would need it to get strong through the $2 right now. And you want to see even more volume than just this last minute candle, which was $2.4 million. You want to see kind of that 3 million shares traded, 5 million shares traded with a push up. All right, let's go ahead and take a look here. Looks like Palantir is starting to get strong. Looks like that 2080 look that I called out on pre-market prep was a great look there on Palantir. I didn't get in it just because I'm I'm also here with you guys. I'm trying to focus in here, make sure that I get you guys on the right stocks. But a decent red to green there at 2080s. And I said, what would be my stop, guys? 2075. There's a reason why, because the support was right there. 
And that's what I was looking for to see if it could come back towards that support and do kind of a green look pre-market, red at the open, back to green. All right, that's Palantir there, guys. Definitely, definitely hit the like. Hit the like. Let's keep rolling through here. Jesus, Jesus. Upstart, upstart, keep ripping. Yeah, upstart, let's keep ripping. One of the things I tell you about this one is use like a, a kind of a 15-minute look or a five-minute chart, and you'll see a lot of support holding where you can kind of try to test this one. See, this morning, it actually went right back to support if you would have drew this kind of support look and you could have tried to attack this kind of 151 look off of 151. Big, big move there. Upstart. I like it too. All right. There you go. Let's keep going through here. What else? What else we got? What else you guys want to take a look? Let's keep going through. Definitely hit the like, guys. If you guys are enjoying this, this is what it's all about. Uh, I'll be nice and relaxed. I'll find you guys the moves as they go ahead and start pushing up there. Technology, technology still pushing there, guys. What's leading? What's leading? Let's keep focusing on what's leading so that we can play with the right plays here. Semiconductor equipment and materials still pushing. Let's get there on the one minute. Looks like we're starting to find into that pullback. So maybe you start getting this pullback now. So let's take a look here. If we get a pullback in AMAT, MU, and NVIDIA, which are these leading tech stocks right now that had a nice push up. One thing I do figure uh, take a look in is this one struggled today, AMD, right? Let's see if this one goes through the low again. If not, we would want to see this one just drive up through that 77.90. Okay, looks like we're getting starting to get some pullbacks in the overall market. Let's take a look at the SPY here. Take a look at the Qs. Looks like the SPY is pushing up. 418 is an area that I definitely keep a watch out. 418, we should run into some kind of resistance there. So let's see how we react there. See if we get a push out of volume there on the overall market. And then we can get back into this up box and start pushing, trying to get out of this trend here. QQQs looked strong last week. And again, looking super strong. We drew this out on Money Mitch. And I definitely love how these boxes are starting to push up and it has a lot of room to start pushing on the queues. So definitely keep your eyes on those bigger tech stocks. AAPL, monster move today right out the open. This is one I definitely keep a watch on. Apple has been testing the support, testing the support, and looks like it wants to hold this bottom line. Let's see if it starts trending back up here. So definitely keep your eyes on Apple today as we've gotten this nice push up. All right, definitely, guys, if you guys have a stock you guys want me to take a look at, put it in the chat. What do I think of Zynga? I got you, Yogi. I'll take a look at that one. Uh, Show me the money. Show me the money. The money, guys, the money. That's what it's all about, guys. Definitely, if I'm clipping a little bit, let me know, guys, because I'm I'm getting a little excited as we get here towards the open and and we're, we're, we're pushing on up. Got a couple stocks that you can definitely see are trending today. Let's see if MU can come back to VWAP. Um, I'm looking for one of these to come back to VWAP to show you guys my VWAP bounce play. But these have been ripping right out the open here. Nice big move there. Um, EA, let's take a look at EA, see if, how's that stock moving. All right, not too bad. AccuVision, okay. Here, let's take a look at here. This is one I do like. All right, guys, so here's an interesting one. Uh, starting to push up here. Let's take a look at this daily chart. I do like this daily chart because look how it's holding kind of these 
uh, touches here on this trend line. And you got a big green candle. If we can get above that high, this 30, 32, I think we can get a strong breakout here. So it's looking interesting as we starting to push up here. Let's see if we get a pullback towards 29.96 right here. And I'll take a, a, a small little buy here. Um, of course, this is going to be a little bit of a paper trade here just because I don't want to go and grab my account and have to be worrying about the trade too much here. But I just want to show you how I approach it. All right, guys, so I'm going to go ahead and, and try to put in here a 299 bid here, just 100 shares just to kind of show you guys how I'd approach it. There we go. A little bit of a pullback look here. And so what we're going to do is we're going to risk towards a 2978. Okay, so I'm going to give myself a little bit of room there if it stops me out, guys. Okay, so that's a here. Um, that's a 21 stop out, but we're going to look for a pushback up through the 30.35s. We take first profit at that $37, um, that 30.36, and then we're going to look for a push up through the 30.50s. All right, guys, so that's a, a little trade there. Let's, a little trade there. Let's see what happens. Like I said, guys, this is a little bit of a paper trade, so don't just kind of copy me. Just learn how I approach these trades. That's really what it's all about, guys, in the end. All right, let's see what happens here. Now we're starting to get a push back. Let's see what other what other kind of pulls we're getting. Look at this technology sector straight up, guys. Definitely an interesting chart there. Want to keep it going. Keep the volume. Let's go. Let's go. Dan P, Benzinga, you, you already know where we're at. Let's take a look here. What other stocks you guys got moving? If you guys see a stock moving, let me know. I'll take a look here. Uh, THQQF is a little bit out of out of my gaming there. Um, strong play in video game. Yeah, I just don't mess with too many of those kind of bigger tickers that are in the OTC. But I mean, I'll take a look here for you, but it's not something I'd really trade here. Um, definitely, as you can see, it's just not something I'd trade. Not something I'd trade, guys. All right, let's keep going. EV sector, you want me to take a look, RG? So I'll tell you right now, I have uh, one EV right now. I have XPEV, and I have it a little bit under here. I liked where I grabbed it. I grabbed it closer towards this kind of 26, 27. Let's see if we can really start trending up. You know, EVs is one that we're looking to see if we can get a trend again. But right now, definitely a quick dip towards the support. Now, the biggest thing we want to see is can it come back through this trend line today? So 28.75, we're hitting right now off of this support right here, kind of this 28.25 look. Let's see if we can hold, get back up through that 28.75. Then this can start looking strong. NIO, let's see what's going on. There you go. That's what we kind of want to see in the industry as we're starting to push up there a little bit on NIO. We want to see if we can break out of the kind of this trend here that we keep running into some highs here. So where are the highs holding? Somewhere near kind of this 34.57. Let's see if we can get above there today and keep strong on NIO. All right, taking a look at some of the other some of the other uh, kind of stocks here moving in the EV sector. Uh, you can take a look at FSR, see if that one starts get moving, has a resistance up there at 13. Ford, Ford was making a massive move 
uh, on Friday. So look for that pullback, massive pullback there, all the way down towards 13 on Ford. So we'll see if that one wants to keep going. Looks like we got some more stocks being mentioned here. You already know, Yogi, trying to get it going, trying to keep going here. Keep it going as we don't have David Green today, guys. David Green is not here today and won't be here all week. So I'll try to do my best to get you guys on the right stocks. All right, so let's keep going here. Next up, I'm seeing mention uh, BTX by Fernando. BTX, let's take a look here. Uh, not, not a bad, interesting stock. A big, big push up there. One of the things I will tell you is look at this 15-minute trend. It's been super, super pushed down, um, oversold here. And now you're getting kind of this squeeze kind of look. Let's take a look at the one minute here. One minute came up there, a good push up there towards 1540, pull back here to 1470s. Now you got another resistance, so big resistance there at 1540s. Let's see if it can get above there. It's probably a big seller up there at 1540s. We'll see if this one starts pushing up through that 1440, but definitely I'd look for a VWAP pull back down because it seems like it's strictly extending really quickly and not coming back all the way to VWAP. It could come back to VWAP at some point, but look how look how we're just pushing right back up there towards the 1550. There's probably a seller there on the level twos. I, I would have to take a look here on my level twos, but definitely um, one of the stocks I do want to point out is Palantir because it was one of our stocks that we talked about this morning. Looking for a red to green. I called out 2080 for a 2075 risk and look where it went down to, guys. Exactly those levels and Palantir pushing back up through that opening high and getting up there closer towards the resistance of 2130s. I hope someone was paying attention in pre-market prep because it looks like I didn't get the trade, but it was definitely a nice one there. All right, guys, let's keep going. Let's keep going here. All right, next one up that I want to take a look at. Some other ones that are being mentioned out there. Shop is being mentioned. This is an interesting one to keep an eye out. All right, guys, get into that 9.50 time. I only got about eight, nine minutes left here with you guys. So hit the like, hit the like, guys. And hit the subscribe. This is what we're about here at Benzinga, giving you a whole bunch of access for free. So smash the like button here. Let's keep rolling through. At the end of the day, like we always say, guys, we need to find the plan. So where's the plan at? Let's take a look here. Uh, shop, shop with a nice big push there. Look at the daily chart on shop. It's starting to really trend. This is one thing I definitely would like to see on a stock like this. Now, one of the things I do see is that you're pushing now through this resistance and you're going to get closer towards this resistance over here. And so one of the things is we want to see is when we get up towards that level, can we hold in between kind of these levels and then kind of do like a, a push up here kind of look where we get up here and then we look for a move back down towards this kind of line and then look for that nice push up. That's what I would look for, guys. I would look for it to come push up towards the resistance, pull back towards that trend line, and then start trending back up there. So an interesting chart there on shop. Let's take a look here at another one. Keep rolling through. I'm going to try to get as much as I can do here. You need to be here 24-7. I, I really wish I could. I got a lot of the things I got to do. I got SPACs attack to run, Money Mitch. So definitely, if you want to check me out later, just come to my other shows, guys. We got SPACs attack at 11 Eastern. We're going to be talking a lot of SPACs. I've dipped my toe back into SPACs. So if you like SPACs, hit the thumbs up and catch us on SPACs attack.
Definitely, guys. Definitely. All right. So let me go ahead and take a look here. See what other moves we got. See what we get moving up here. Looks like we, we were going to take here, right? So let's go back to here. Let's take a look at how the trade is working here. Looks like we're starting to get up there. We got it right here near the VWAP. And what did it do? It kind of respected that VWAP, which is exactly what we wanted to see. Now we need to see a continued push up here in the 3040s. But this is in what sector, right? This is in that consumer uh, electronic technology sector, right? And so what we want to do is we want to look here. All right, so consumer electronics, did that push up, bounce off? Let's see if it can get through the resistance because that will, that will look great for our here trade. And so we'll see if it can get through that kind of resistance and get back up there. One that we're definitely keeping an eye out for. All right, so let me take the best look from the open, from the open, we're almost up a percent on technology. Look at this nice move here, about a percent at the high there. So definitely technology is an interesting area to watch. Consumer cyclical really starting to take off there, guys, starting to push. So if you're into consumer cyclicals, keep your eyes out on there. I talked about lodging today, Hilton. Hilton was on my radar, guys. So Hilton, not a bad looking chart here. Uh, look for a little bit of a pullback, but definitely a nice push up there from the support. You could look at maybe um, MAR, Marriott, having a good day. Gambling stocks, having a great day, guys. Penn, Penn National, good day. DKNG, good day there. RSI, I'm going to see if this one can keep trending because this is an interesting one. This is one that I'm in. Um, another one that you can take a look at, this is maybe some sports data. Genie, Genie doing well. This is a sports data company. But these are a, a lot of movement that we're seeing out there. So data sub storage is one area that I've been looking at. One area that I looked at is Box. Box is one that I called out on the 10th. I actually created this one, guys, on the 10th. So definitely keep your eyes on Box. Another area that I, I take a look at in this one is DBX. I've been waiting for Dropbox to really start looking strong. And look at this one. DBX really starting to push up there. Let's see if it can get above 27 today. So you guys already know. Hit the like. Hit the like. You guys already know. Many thumbs up. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, guys, AMC on a run. AMC's on the run. Let's take a look here. AMC. AMC is pushing up a little bit today. Definitely an interesting one to watch. Not my kind of stock, but the weekly chart is not showing the worst kind of trend here. Now, one thing I would keep out is if it pulls back towards 11. But if we could hold, kind of hold these bottoms by 12, it could push back up here towards 14 and kind of do a sideways trend here. But another one to keep an eye out is resorts and casinos. So let's take a look here. MGM is one that's interesting for me. Look at that. It's pushing up towards the resistance. CZR is another one that I, uh, Jason Raznick mentioned on Friday. So let's see if this one gets pushed through 106. Another one you can take a look here is also Win. Win is another one that's going to be interesting. W uh, Y N N. 
Let's see if this one starts ripping through the 130s. That's an interesting chart to me. Weekly chart showing a nice sideways trend. Just needs some push towards that 130, and it could start driving up there, maybe getting towards that 140 look. All right, guys, going to go ahead and start wrapping up here. So if you guys have one more for me to take a look at, definitely let me know, guys. But definitely many thumbs up. Let's keep it going. Let's keep building here. And like always, one of the things that I like to do is I tell you guys, I don't look in the morning what stock is going to move up. I try to find the industry that's going to move up because if I can find the industry look, that's when I really get excited. That's when I can kind of jump on a stock and find the stocks that I like. Semiconductors moving pretty strongly today. Let's see if they're starting to pull back here and starting to get closer towards that uh, kind of VWAP kind of look here. Um, looks like AMAT still pushing up there. Nice move right out the gates there in AMAT. Um, you can also look at MU making a big move. NVIDIA. Um, let's see if that one kind of continues. Is AMD starting to follow really suit? Looks like it's up a little bit, but not a, a massive move there. All right, guys, going to go ahead up and wrap it up here. Like always, guys, if you guys want to take a look and maybe get your chance to win a free share of Tesla, definitely check it out, guys. I'm going to leave you with your trailer. If you guys want to check it out, check out the competition. The competition, all you got to do is just subscribe at first. That's going to get you at least an entries to give you a chance to win your free share of Tesla. I'm going to go ahead and post up the link here right now. So definitely, guys, hit the like, hit the subscribe. We'll be back with Benzinga uh, SPACs Attack. So if you guys want to check out SPACs Attack, definitely check it out. We'll go ahead and talk about some SPACs that are bouncing off the support and have an opportunity to make some great returns in. So definitely, if you haven't checked out SPACs Attack, definitely check it out later. I'll be on there, guys. Like always, we're going to keep building here. Um, last last little thing here. Let's see if we can get our trade to get above 3020s. Maybe just take some profit going into this move. And then that way, you guys can at least see the green trade of the day. But that, that was an H-E-A-R off the VWAP. I'll let you guys know because it still hasn't gotten up there towards the 3020s. So I don't want to take it off early for no reason. We set the plan, right? So now it's time to set the plan and let it work. All right. I'll let you guys know what happens in this trade. But like always, guys, smash the like. Hit the subscribe bell. We're going to keep building through here. We're going to get towards that 100,000. And I'll leave you guys off with that trailer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.